My mic, please, thank you. Last week we had a wonderful sermon by Australian missionary Pastor Brad Jackson. It was a little bit long, it was 40 minutes, but it was very good. And that's even longer than where Pastor Bruce used to preach. <laughs> but it was really a good sermon, and um, 40 minutes, but it was very timely for our church. So, And we didn't have EKK waiting to come in that Sunday. We didn't have Sunday school, so we were able... I know it was hard for the children, but we were able to listen to it. At least I hope you were. And um, if you didn't listen to it, uh, you can go onto our website, and we do have a place you can check off sermons. And maybe while you're at home washing dishes or whatever, you can listen to the sermon and hear what he said last week. So, but today I won't do a 40-minute sermon, okay, just to reassure you. And we do have communion, so letting you know that. Let us pray. Loving God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to Thee, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a man who went to a tailor to have a suit made. And the tailor said, I'll make a suit for you. But he was very overworked and a very busy tailor. And he said, I'll make a suit for you, but it won't be ready for six weeks. Six weeks, protested the customer. Why, the Lord created the world in six days. Maybe that's true, said the tailor. But have you taken a good look at it lately, at the world lately? Well, have we taken a good look at our world lately? And it's not hard to look around and see the terrible shape that our world is in. No wonder I find parts of this passage in Genesis 1 disturbing. But there are also parts that amaze and inspire me as well. Can you guess which ones? The part that disturbs me is the part about human beings having dominion, subduing, and filling the earth. So I wonder, does God really want us to dominate and subdue and control God's creation? What did the idea of subdue and dominion mean to the ancient Israelites? This passage was written down during a time in the life of Israel when they were in exile, strangers in a strange land, without a land to call their own. In the midst of this crisis, the writer proclaims that all of humanity has a role and a responsibility in creation. Human beings have the capacity to change the environment. When one feels powerless and landless, perhaps this is just good news. Yet today, these words need to be reinterpreted for a different time in history. We have gone full force with the idea of controlling and dominating for our own ends, the resources of this earth. And we've already filled the earth and subdued it. And there are very few places on this planet that have not been touched by our presence. So, what do these words mean about dominion today? Although the Hebrew word rada has been translated into English with words like rule and dominion, but some scholars think that it has more the connotation of caregiving or nurturing, not exploitation. This fits more with the idea in the second creation story in Genesis 2, where the human being is put in the garden to till 
and to keep it. Philippians 2, verse 7 says, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, which also suggests another way to look at this and gives us the example of Jesus. He knew himself to be even equal to God, yet he emptied himself and he became a servant. We need to choose to follow Jesus and look for ways that we, that all of us, can serve the planet. Now, Miriam Miller from EKK, she was here last week. Um, she's provided some simple ways in our bulletin insert this morning. You got a green piece of paper. Now, it does seem ironic we're wasting paper to put an insert in the bulletin here on Creation Sunday. However, I invite you to take it home and to look at it, to be praying for our earth, and use the back of that paper as a memo yoshi or note paper. Please try to recycle your paper. But anyway, she said that EKK has been very concerned about the environment, and so this is a theme we are doing together with the German-speaking congregation in our church, our sister congregation. And some other things are being done by other groups in Kobe. There's a group known as Peace in Nature, and Baram from Iran, who's been to our church a number of times. He's a Christian, and he has taken groups out, including some students from Canadian Academy, to plant trees on Mount Rokol. So trees, more trees, are always healthy for our planet. And I know that, Roy, you send money to plant trees in Israel, don't you, whenever you get a chance <laughs> or have a reason to do so. So these are some ways that we can serve our planet. So let's try to think of ways that we can serve our planet rather than exploit it. Could it be that the movement to use less carbon-based resources isn't just about climate change, but about service? For we are finding out that using up all our resources will not only affect our lives, but also affect the planet, um, the um, plants in the planet, and also the animals, all living creatures as well. How do we balance our human needs with those of other life forms on the planet? Now, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I drive a car, and I heat my home, I use my air conditioner, like many of us. Yet I think this passage this morning invites us to reflect upon these questions. So this passage is disturbing. It reminds us of how we have interpreted dominion to sometimes mean rule or control or even exploitation. We have tended to think of ourselves as the top of the hierarchy of creatures rather than part of the web of life. Yet, as we reinterpret for today, it invites us to ask new questions. What if we thought of our responsibility to other creatures and creation as partnership or service rather than rule or control? Of course, this question still disturbs. So what are we to do? Yet this passage doesn't only disturb, it also amazes and inspires. The word that does this for me is that God made humanity in God's own image. This is amazing. This is very amazing for two reasons. One, it's talking about all of humanity not just the ruling classes. 
In ancient Near East, it was common for people to think of their human rulers as gods. Think of the pharaohs of Egypt. So this passage may be just a bit revolutionary to say that all humanity, male and female, are made in God's image. So that means you and I were made in God's image and everyone that we meet. It's awesome to think of that reality for me personally. So really, I'm made in God's image? Really, I have God's spark, God's image in me. The idea is wonderful to really believe that my value is not in all the great things I do or all the great things I say, but inherent in creation, in the image of God, God's spark within me, God's spark within all of us. Our encounter with Christ allows us to discover the true image of God inside. It may be tattered and tarnished by the abuse we might have received in our lives. It may be hidden deep, but Christ Jesus is God walking with us, helping find that God image inside of us, that God image where we were created with and washing it clean and restoring us, restoring us to wholeness. Surrendering our lives and ourselves to Christ, we find our true selves. I think this idea is important because it gives us another way to look at our responsibilities to the earth. Our call to dominion in Genesis 1 reminds us that our relationship with the rest of creation is rooted in the ways we can be like God, what God and what God did in Genesis 1. God created, God saw the goodness, and in Jesus Christ, God cared and God served. In Jewish teaching, there's a word called tikkun alam. Tikkun alam. Tikkun is translated in Hebrew as repair, and olam means the world. Tikkun olam implies that while the world is innately good, and God, who created the world, purposely left room for us to improve upon God's work. So tikkun olam means for us to do something with the world that will not only fix any damage, but also improve upon it, care for it, preparing it to enter the ultimate state for which God created. Yet I wonder when I see the destruction and violence in the world. We have trouble caring for people much less than other species. It seems like everything's a mess. But then I stop, and I look at the people I know. I look at this church. I look at what the people are doing in this church. I look at how the people are serving this church, people here at KUC. I also remember how just a few minutes of my time really listening to someone can help someone find hope. Chuck and I were talking about that the other day how just a few moments of your time can inspire and encourage someone, giving them the love of Jesus Christ. So you see, the image of God is all around us and in us. And that's the amazing truth of Genesis 1, verse 27, is that we are made in the image of God because 
made in God's image entails living in relationship with God and others. And this is also said by M.L. Bruner and Karl Barth, that living in the image of God entails us to be in relationship with God and with others. So I think it's okay to recognize the problems we face. It's important. But to deal with them as Christ's followers, we need to focus on the truth of God's image in all people, even ourselves. For when we do, God will inspire our hearts. We will be given the insights and energy to do our part to serve the earth, to care for this planet that God has given us, and to care for one another. The direction this image of God inside of us moves us towards wholeness, toward love, toward God's will for this planet and God's will for ourselves. Then just perhaps sharing resources more and using less will be easier. Then just perhaps we will learn to see the image of God in everyone we encounter and treat them accordingly. Then just perhaps with one another we will find ways to support each other in suffering and rejoice with one another in blessings. Then just perhaps we will plant trees and care for other, treacher, other creatures in this world with hope and with joy. So go forth today and see what you see. What does Christ show you? How can we part, be part of Tikkum Olam? So as to repair and improve God's world. I pray this passage will inspire you as you seek them out. And I pray that you let God guide your way. Amen.